Uh, the media in general just seems to care more about what they well, want to hear, basically. It's all about them. Everything. Every single thing is about them. It's about the narrative. It's about what they want you to believe. Even if they're wrong, it doesn't matter because it's always what they care about. Now, granted, everybody is biased to their own their own ideologies, their own thoughts, their own way of seeing the world. It doesn't mean that we all have to just agree with everything they say. It also doesn't have to mean that they can't, well, change their outlook or change what they see in life. But it just seems like every single media is the same. So we're going to look into it. We're going to see what that's all about and see how we can, you know, either manage it or make fun of it. I, I usually choose to make fun of it, but that's just me. Anyways, let's get on with the rolling intro. Mmm, that's good. Alright guys, welcome to a new episode of Digital Coffee, and as always, I'm your host, Brett Deister. So, let's get into it. Let's, let's see what it's all about, because I was trying to figure out what to do for an episode this week, and I was like, man, looking at the tech media, everything sounds the same. Everything is about how Trump is terrible, how the left or left is great, and the right is terrible, and there really doesn't really seem to be any kind of nuance to this. It's not that I don't agree that some things that the people on progressive say aren't good or true, it's just I don't believe everything they say or do is great. So we're going to look at that. We're going to see why why it is that the tech media is always homogenized, as they say, or sounds the same. Because it is important to understand how can we change this? How can we say, hey, look, we want to see some kind of nuance. We want to see, you know, right-leaning or conservative people talk about tech. Maybe they have a different understanding about what tech is beyond your own ideas. Wow, weird. I mean... I do this podcast not because I want to sound the same, because I want to sound different. Let's get into it. So, I do follow, like, the next web. I used to follow Mashable when they are actually good, and they, and they stuck with talking about tech. But now, they, now they're stuck talking about socialism, communism, and everything else around the world. Um, I used to actually read, on the gaming side, I used to read a lot of GameSpot, but then it, it wasn't really good anymore. IGN, very few. PC Gamer, but that's even gone down the hill uh, for quite a while. Don't really understand why they've gone down the hill, but they have. There's been some things I've been kind of upset about, but everything sounds the same. Every th single thing. And part of the reason why most of these sound the same is that they're either in um, San Francisco area, Seattle area maybe, but mostly the tech media resides in the San Francisco area, which causes a problem for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't there. A lot of people don't agree with, well, San Francisco pol policies or politics. And the problem is, is that most of these people do because they've lived there. They've grown up there. They even may have found some friends that were maybe intellectually dishonest and said, wow, you really, you really, you know, say a lot of things that, I, that sound good. They may not actually have any evidence to support it, but they sound good. And that's the other problem is that I've noticed that most tech media sites use, um, what is called emotional, uh, emotionally charged words, uh, or tries to 
debate an emotional way of saying a lot of emotionally charged words. And I've seen this quite a bit. And the problem is with that is that in even the marketing world, I'll give you what marketers think and usually what marketing, marketing text has said is that uh, if you want to persuade somebody, the easiest way to persuade them is through emotions. That's why a lot of like ads try to be emotionally based so they will get you to buy because it's a lot easier to convince you to buy something when there's emotion involved with it than doing it the intellectual way because it's a lot harder to come about that. So that, that's, a, that's a big problem because a lot of the things that I've read, especially recently about harassment for women is that, oh, it's terrible women are getting all this harassment. Then if you actually dig into it with Pew Research and other thing, everything else, you'll see, well, yeah, there are some aspects of harassment that women do face and there's some harassments that men face. I mean, men are more likely to be a murdered or assaulted and then women are more likely to be stalked or more sexually charged crimes, which both are all bad. I will give them that. They're all bad. That's why when I had to comment on one of them, I said, look it, it's not really a gendered issue. There's a lot of different things that go on and you can't just give one piece of the pie and say, oh, how terrible it is that women get all this terribleness when it's actually kind of women do get some of it, men get some of it, even though the stats kind of read. And if you look at the pre-research data, it says that most men get more harassed or online bullied than women. But then we had demos a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, uh, did kind of a small study. And I don't really take this as indicative evidence of everything that most of the hate was directed towards men were from women. That was in London. And I'm kind of like, oh, that's 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 disturbing. Uh, but I usually go about, especially in that in this type of article, that you can't just say that women are the only ones that are receivers of harassment and men get nothing at all. That's disingenuous. Um, but then it's just also all the politics behind it. And like TechCrunch has their own social justice conference, which I don't really understand why. It doesn't have anything to do with tech. To be honest with you, that's more social or socially, uh, social political type of um, thing to talk about, but they seem to be talking about more and more. And then today I see Forbes talk about how women are going to help change the future, help fix all the problems. And then I even had a tweet saying, uh, I thought we were talking about equality here. That's not even equality. That's just saying that women can fix everything. That's not even true because women can probably fix some things, but then they can mess up other things. We have we have to stop thinking that women are always oppressed, especially in the tech media. That's all they, that's all they care about. That's all they focus on. That and Trump. It seems like there's only two of them. Oh no, Trump did this terrible thing. Oh no, women are being oppressed, maybe, sort of. I don't really know because the, you don't really give me data. And when I try to find the data that you actually give, I have to go through this long rabbit hole of finding the actual data that you actually gave which is even more annoying because if I have to go through it just to find the actual data points that you are trying to assess, that's another thing. Even when Trump was elected and he was doing the quote unquote Muslim ban, which a lot of them didn't actually read, uh, they, one, one of the tech reporters had a, oh, well, we did this really quick study in 24 hours and we got 84 people that started business and they were all migrants and blah, blah, blah. And I was looking at this going, that's a really short turnaround for a study. And also, why didn't you do a little bigger study than that? That's an indicative of nothing. And if we actually look at a lot of the other tech startups, like Twitter was founded by people in the United States, uh, Facebook, same thing as well. 
So we can't really be conclusive about it, but since this, this forms our narrative, let's be conclusive about it. Like I said, that's the problem with it. I'm fine when they stick to tech, and I'm fine when they stick to like, oh, the new iPhone's coming out. We have to debate on that. That's great. I love those debates. Those debates are fine. And I'm always Android. Sorry, guys. Always Android. I have nothing against Apple. It's just I just don't like Apple that much. Uh, but when I see things of like, oh, look at the diversity report, I'm like, okay, so you focus on the color of people's skin, but not actually what they sound or think like. So you're okay with echo chambers, which are never good. You're okay with all this stuff, but you're not okay with uh, having different, having one type of skin color, even though that skin color, white, is the majority of the country right now still is we have to talk about that as well also other minorities are not as big as the white population as of now now you can say but in the future it won't be you're right it may not actually be but we're not in the future we're in the present and the present says that white people are the majority of it also i mean going on to women uh how terrible it is that women aren't there there aren't more women in the coding or whatever well let's look at like what their interests are if their interests are not aligned with what is going on with coding then maybe that's because women don't want to do it not saying that women all women shouldn't do it but maybe there is a factor here that we're not looking at it's called choice people we have it in the united states it's weird i know you really want to push an agenda and people don't follow your agenda well maybe you should let them follow their own i'm all for uh freedom of choice not freedom of outcome or the or that because outcome or opportunity of choice instead of opportunity of outcome because opportunity of outcome means everybody gets the same instead of the opportunity of choice of saying hey you can do this if you fail well that's on you but i mean even if we go into that women can fix everything we have to also look at the previous history of what women have done leading it i mean we had um boss girl or badass girl or whatever um talk about um she oh nasty girl she was ceo of nasty girl that failed and so we had one of those. We also had Marissa Mayer had one of the worst hacks. Well, it was one of the worst hacks at the time, but one of the worst hacks under her watch at Yahoo. And you're telling me that they can fix everything. I don't think you really understand the kind of the repercussions of you thinking that women can save the world. They're not superheroes. They're humans. And women have to work with men to make sure that society functions. It's not an either or process. I don't understand these either ors of like, oh, well, men failed, kind of, sort of, but not really. We had some failures, but we also had some successes. You can't, you can't just go all failures. Nothing to see here, guys. We're, we're just all failures. No, it's not. That's not how it works. And I get tired of he seeing this. I get tired of the tech media always, always doing this, always doing this, always ramming it down my throat of. Hey, you're a white male. You're terrible. You shouldn't be in tech. You shouldn't be talking about tech because I'm a white male. Sorry, I didn't actually get to choose what I was going to be when I grew when I was, you know, in my mother's womb. But it just happened to be that. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry that I didn't get a choice. But it's still my fault. For some odd reason, it's still always my fault, and I have to sit down and let everybody else. And I'm like, that's not opportunity. That I want to see. I should have the opportunity of choice. I should have the choice of going to where I want to go. And I actually put that onto minorities, women as well. They have the choice to do what they want to. If they choose to mess up, which I have a lot of times, 
That's their choice. You cannot just say, nope, you have to listen to me. I'm now being authoritative about this. But that's, that's one of the problems that I keep on seeing with the tech media. Why, oh why, are you the ones that know better than everybody else? Why, oh why, when probably a lot of you haven't even successfully started up a business telling what, what people should be doing business decisions in general? Like, I, I don't really understand that, that, that point. There's no point to it. But we have it, and we have a decision to make. Um, I say let, let them do it. I'm more willing to actually give most of these sites, even if they're failing, uh, a chance to, you know, let them speak what they want to, because that's the whole point of it, isn't let them speak. Let the other people speak. But I would like to see more right-leaning um, publications in tech specifically rise up and talk about it as well because I don't I really would like to see more a of a balance between it and less news sites focusing on social issues and more of them focusing on just tech and like the new tech coming out great if it's started by a woman great if it's started by a minority great if it's started by a white person I don't care as long as it's pushing the boundaries why should we actually care that much it doesn't make any sense to me why do we care so much I mean to me it's tech we're talking about tech we're talking about something that has no really gender race or anything like that it's just the people that make it have the gender or race in generals but if we care so much about that aren't we kind of caring more about race in general and couldn't we be also called you know that that word that everybody keeps on throwing out all the time racist because you know racist is always a good argument especially when someone's trying to you know just ask you questions make you think nope you're a white supremacist racist Thank you. I was totally getting up today saying, man, it's so great being a white supremacist. I'm so glad when I'm not. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But I mean, let's let's think about this. When I was still young or even in college, uh, most of the tech media was still heavily talking about tech. There were kind of this thing about, oh, there's all these white people in tech. How dare they? Which infuriated me in general it's like yeah we're, we're in techs so so what so why why don't we you know celebrate that this is what it is because of a majority but also say hey look other people can join as well i mean if there were if there were our obstacles and i'm not saying that it's completely apolitical or no obstacles in general because life isn't perfect and there are always going to be problems just in general, there's always going to be problems to fix. You're not, nothing's going to ever be perfect. I'm sorry, your socialist uh, utopia is not going to be there. There is never going to be a utopia because if there actually is, it's probably not perfect. It may be perfect for you, but it's not perfect. It's why I like choice or free choice or the ability for me to choose what I want to do because at least it gives kind of a certain perception that I can actually choose my own course, path, adventure, whatever. I love those books. Man, the Choose Your Own Adventures books were awesome. Miss those. I really do miss those. But, eh, I got video games now. Anyways, but even going on to, like, gaming, it's kind of infecting that as well, where I'm kind of getting t sick and tired of it. Because I was reading PC Gamer, and someone was talking about first-person shooters and how, or Nintendo, and it's like, how dare they market it to young boys? That's been, that's unfortunate. I'm like, unfortunate because they read the actual data and they saw that more boys were playing video games than girls. How dare they read data? It should not be that way because businesses should not try to, you know, 
maximize on who is interested in your product. They should maximize on who's not interested in your product. This really doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I've never seen a marketer going, no, 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 we don't really care about that base. I know they're really interested in our product, but you know what? We don't care about them. We want to care about the people that are not interested because those were the ones that are going to help us survive. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure I've never heard anybody talk about it like that because if they did, they would not be in business anymore. You don't, you're not in business to do that. You're in business to get people to obviously get more and more people to like you, but also keep those returning customers because returning customers are great because trying to get new customers is really, really expensive now, really expensive. So I don't understand why. Never understand why that that is the thing. But it is what it is. We have what it is. And you know what? The problem is, is that I'm fine with all these tech media source uh, companies actually doing it. I just would like to see a lot better research involved, a lot more studies involved. If they're going to make an article, I would say at least source, at least cite four sources from data that you found to be like, this is a little bit more conclusive to what we found instead of doing one source that's kind of sort of not that much of. Um, if it's a if it's a survey or a poll, it's not very big, and I kind of go well. Let's let's say for example, they're basically surveying everybody in America, and it was like twelve. The well, actually it was one study I saw it was twelve thousand men and women. So so twelve thousand, which isn't that much of like was it four hundred million, maybe six hundred million? Sorry, I don't know the actual number, so don't hate me for that. But it was a very low number for the whole United States saying yes. This is actually true. I'm like, but it's not actually true because you only did 12,000 people. That's not conclusive at all. That's kind of just like, kind of lazy. We just want to do this many. And then we're going to say it's true. Yay! So kind of my thing about this is uh, here's a few things to look for. One, always check their sources. See if they're actually true or not. See if they're actually good or not. Sometimes it's hard because I've found it hard where I will actually found the study they were citing and then I had to pay for it and I was like I'm not paying for this that's another thing if you're ever going to cite a source on a new site pay for it for people to actually view don't be that person if you're going to use something please do not be that person be like here's the PDF that I have or go to the Dropbox of a link of the PDF that I have that you can actually see for yourself so people can actually see and check your work maybe they'll actually like you a little bit more because they're like oh look he actually did his research yay that's what I have to say about it. Now we're moving on to online debating and online dating. And sometimes this is the same a lot of times, but not really as much. So for online debating, um, it's basically a train wreck in general. I actually even did it today and I got called, well, I got called names and I said name calling is not an argument. It's not. If you're going to say something like bigotry, intolerance, blah, 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 blah. And I say, what is your definition of this? Because I say you're, you have emotionally charged words. What's your definition about it? Because I want to know your definition, not the dictionary definition, because that's not always your definition. And then I get, well, you're just all the same white supremacy. I'm like, I just asked you for a, def a definition or what you define as it. And you call me a name and you say you're against bigotry, but you then bigotly call me a white supremacist. That doesn't make any sense. And I think you need to refocus on what you actually think is tolerance and bigotry because... Name calling is usually one of the, one of the factors in bigotry is name calling. It's also really bad in just argumentation. Now the same person I've said, what's your definition? At least this person actually did it. 
and then contributed to say how I conveniently left out white supremacist groups. And then I said, well, I did it for a reason because I knew where you were going with this. I knew you were going to talk about this. That's why I said, what about Antifa? What about BLM? What about this? Because there have been some reports about them doing some not very good things for the, their communities in general. And then I got labeled the same thing. And then I got said non sequiturs. And my guy, I was like, what? I, I went with your argument as a nice straw man. Uh, but I was kind of like, whatever. Like, I really wish that we would understand that just argumentation debating is it's fine to disagree. But when you start name calling is when you lose the argument, because now you're just not bringing anything new to the table and you're losing the argument in general. And I've had so many times where after a couple of tweets, people will just name call me. And I'm like, what is the point of this? You're not going to win me over. You're not going to win anybody over by name calling. Why? Why, why name call? What, what are you going to get out of it? You make yourself feel better great because i'm pretty much uh, witty too so it's not hard for me to come back at you I'd rather not i'd rather actually you know converse with you figure out what your beliefs are and then we can move on from there i don't agree with you but i don't have to agree with you and that's fine we don't have to agree but we can at least talk to each other like civil people or at least pretend to be civil or at least attempt to it but it seems like nobody wants to attempt this anymore if you're on the other side you're my enemy for some odd reason. Even though we're Americans, we're not supposed to be enemies. We're actually enemies because that's what the parties tell us to be. Because I rather appeal to authority than actually think on my own. It's why I more I usually tell people that I'm more center right than anything else. I mean, I have my own biases, and that's fine. But at least I tell people like this is what I am. I'm not fully on board with either one of them because I think they're both insane. One more than the other from my perspective, but they're both pretty much insane. But what I see more is the intellectual dishonesty from usually the progressive side of it because they'll actually name call you to death and it's like, why are you name calling me? I'm asking you a question. How would you just answer the question instead of name calling me, trying to get one leg up because you're using emotionally charged words. Using emotionally charged words don't help you. It doesn't help you in the debate. It actually hurts you because it's people know that you have no response to it. It's like, oh, uh, racist, like, oh, Okay, well, you still didn't answer my question, so why don't you answer my question instead of name calling me, and then we can move on. Or you can keep on calling me a xenophobe, racist, sexist, any one of the, the buzzwords that people talk about now, and I still won't be hurt by it because, to be honest with you, it doesn't really hurt. I mean, I, I've been bullied actually physically, like face to face with people, so. This online harassment thing doesn't really bug me as much anymore because I'm like, yeah, I've already been through it. You're not really going to do much to me. If you dox me, fine. I'll just I'll report you to the cops and you can have fun with that. Um, but yeah, I don't really get it. I think debating needs, I think people need to understand the actual like principles of argumentation. I think online, online debating can be um, enlightening if you allow yourself to actually listen to what the other person is saying. And I was trying to do that. I've been trying to find a new approach and not always call people names. I mean, I did it. I've done it before. Hey, we're all young. We all do it. But I've really tried to be like, all right, let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Let's dialogue. Let me say some like opposing things and maybe you can come up with something. But if after three tweets, you just call me a white supremacist or kind of allude to it, I'm kind of be like, yeah, you're, you're not being constructive to the to the conversation or to the argument and you basically won in your own head because you called me a white supremacist yeah it doesn't really fly with anybody and usually people will be will call you out pretty quickly on that 
Uh, now, is this the nature of online always? Yeah, unfortunately it is. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can do your best. I always try to do my best, but meh. It is what it is. Can't do anything about it. Now we're gonna move on to dating, online dating. Oh yes, the ever fun online dating. <laughs> now, I've been thinking about this a lot. I've tried all of them under the sun and they're all they're all, all right. They're not really that great. My, my only like stick to uh, of contention is, is that most of them are actually owned by one like company. It's usually the Match.com company. Uh, I think they own like OkCupid, Match, Tinder, and probably several other ones. But my problem is with online dating in general is um, people just really don't understand this whole like dating thing. And also, now this could actually could be an actual law, but this is more my law. I usually say the law of abundance, which basically means is that when you have too much choice, you usually try to be extremely selective with your choosing, which is completely fine. But I think a lot of people get so selective that we don't really actually do the whole thing. It's called dating. And you try to actually uh, get every single thing on your list and then go out with a potential match, which to be honest with you, you're not, that's, that's perfection. And you're not ever going to find that in life. Never. I've never found perfection and I will state this, you will never find perfection. But my problem is, is that there's two folds of problem with this law of abundance that uh, says that you have to, you have to match every single thing on my list. And if you don't, you're, I'm never going to talk to you, even though it could actually be good for me. I'm just never going to talk to you. The second problem is, is it's just people don't really know how to understand like the basics of conversation, even though I see in so many profiles, Oh, I love conversation. I love conversation, but then I'll see some, maybe this happens with some guys. I'm sorry. I don't know that side of it, but cause I'm one of those terrible straight white males. Uh, but it also kind of makes me wonder like why people hate, hi, how are you? Be original. I'm like, um, I think when I hear that, I'm like, are you looking for a pickup line? Because originality comes from in the process of conversation. I also got one recently that said like, I expected you to be like, come up with some witty thing. Cause you said you are a witty person. I was like, well, I don't usually do that on the first message across. I usually try to get to know you and then figure out how far I can go with my snarky sarcasm. But instead you're expecting me to like out of the gate without really knowing me. That's another problem It's like, don't have that much. Don't have expectations like that have expectations that you're going to have a pleasant conversation with somebody and maybe hopefully you'll go on a date. It's probably the best expectation that I always have. I want to know who you are and then we'll go, we'll take it from there. I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm not expecting you to like, well, I'm never expecting a girl to sweep me off my feet. That's not saying that you lovely ladies aren't awesome or great or lovely or whatever else. It's just, uh, my expectation is see you. Where we let's see if we can actually converse with each other longer than hey how are you and let's go from there that's it i don't really have much beyond that because i kind of stop having too many expectations because usually expectations will lead to disappointment and when that happens you don't really focus on the person or focus what's going on you're so mesmerized by it but my other thing is um the fact that some people write way too much on their profile that right like their whole life story from their birth to their to now and it's like so 
what am I supposed to talk about with you? If you give me everything that I already need in your profile, what's the point of talking to you anymore? Because apparently I don't need to talk to you anymore, do I? No, I don't, because you already told me every single thing about you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it's just another big problem for me. Also, my other problem is um, most women say they don't really have the power in relationships, and they do, and then some... Some dating sites give them the power, but they also kind of flip the whole gender dichotomy on its head, even though still to this day, most guys will initiate the conversation with women. Not saying that women can't, it's just this is how things are. This is how life is. This is how nature has created us. I'm sorry that nature is doesn't like you very much or maybe be considered sexist, but that's what we have. And so we have one site, Bumble, which allows women to have full control over everything, which still, they still have a lot of control, regardless of the messaging or not. But this is supposed to curb, like, unwanted messages to people. And I totally, I, I do feel for somebody's getting those messages that, well, maybe some guys need a lesson in conversations. But, but, that is, th there are always positive and negatives to everything. Hey, I don't like not getting very many messages, and man, do I get a terrible response rate. I think it's, for every a thousand ones I swipe left or swipe right, I get maybe like two, if that, if I'm that lucky. And so, it does have an effect on kind of how you perceive yourself, because you're like, am I that unattractive? I swear I'm not, I swear I'm likable. I like people. They like me to a certain extent. But I think that I think it's having a negative effect on all of us because once again, I, I go back to the law of abundance. When we have so much to go after, uh, we usually choose and we choose the, the cream of the crop, even though they may not choose us. And so nobody really dates each other, even though we're supposed to. We're supposed to go on dates, but we really don't. So we go on very we go on fewer and fewer dates, even though the dating site is supposed to give us the abundance of so many people and so many different experiences. But in the law of abundance, it says that we will narrow our field because there's so many, so much out there, like separating the wheat from the chaff, that it doesn't really matter anymore. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be picky. Obviously, being selective to a certain extent is a good thing, but also don't be so select that it seems like you're waiting for the perfect ideal match that may never come. That's my thing, is that I never said, I will never say never be selective, because that's actually not very smart either. Be selective as much as you can, but also leave room for people to be unexpected with you. Maybe some people, maybe some guys will surprise you that actually you may actually like them, enjoy sitting down with them, or maybe, maybe it may turn into a friendship. You never really know, do you, until you give it a chance. We don't give things a chance anymore. It's a one and done kind of operations. And I've seen a lot of people do that. It's like, oh, well, this doesn't go as, as I planned. So uh, nice meeting you. I'll never talk to you ever again. And we're going to keep on doing this serial dating because everybody's now a serial dater because there's no point to it. I mean, another ironic thing was that another, another girl, I do actually read some of these profiles, by the way, not a lot of them. And take it, ladies, from a guy's perspective, is that we have to message over 100 people just to get one response, I'm less and less likely going to read a lot of the profiles. Why? Because it's a lot of reading. I'm not going to remember all of it. And if you're not really going to talk to me, and if I really have no re way of telling if you're going to talk to me, 
there's not really a point to read especially really long profiles so that's a lot of things and ladies you have to understand if we're actually looking at it on a smartphone or mobile uh, most people don't read very long messages on mobile it's just the nature of the beast if they're on desktop they may actually read more but on mobile they'll read a lot less so I would say keep it short keep it short as possible give a nice sweet short just about you enough to entice them and then take it from there have a conversation just my little tidbit about that but m m my main and going back to actually my original thing because I go down rabbit holes all the time uh, is I saw somebody that says that nobody talks on here and we quote unquote match and didn't talk and I was like so you're complaining that no one talks on here but you didn't really talk either so I'm really confused on why you're complaining about something that you're doing yourselves we all do it hey I do it too I I will fully admit that I'm not the perfect person about this I am somewhat selective about it and I try to be the as non-selective or at least less selective than I usually am but I still have you still have to be selective about who you want to bring in because if you have no interest in them whatsoever or you have no likes or dislikes or likes more then yeah it's not gonna work out obviously but I just want to get people back to actually going out with one another actually like enjoying a conversation with one another because I don't think we do that very much anymore we're always looking for Mr. Wright Mrs. Wright or Ms. Wright we're always looking for that quote-unquote right person for us and a lot of times it's it's like well you don't really know that until you actually talk to people and unless you actually you know go out and talk to people you'll never really find that person because the likelihood of and statistically the likelihood of it is going to get very very slim now it's not to say that you can't be selective i'm not saying that once again this is the third time i said it. it's okay to be selective just don't be too selective there is a fine line between being selective and too selective just don't be the too selective one because then you'll miss out on a lot of people and, and that's an unfortunate unfortunate thing it's always unfortunate when that happens but that's my thing about it oh plus the the, the female bots or the bots or the the fake profiles they get annoying too it, it's happened less and less over the years I used to know that when tinder was just mostly full of them and I could figure out which ones are not those get kind of annoying I'm pretty sure girls you get a lot of you get a lot of scams but guys get a lot of fake accounts too so there's both of that so that that's that's part of the problem with online companies as well as they didn't really do a good job in the beginning of trying to thwart that but it was probably a lot difficult in general as well but so yeah I, I just really want people to to get back to actually like meeting each other talking to each other figuring each other out instead of this whole you have to cross off every single thing on my list or I will not talk to you and heaven forbid, talking to somebody will actually help you figure out even more if they're a match for you or not. Just saying, just throwing it out there. You can throw it back at me, which you probably will. But how do you like that, guys? That's the end. Uh, I should, I should, you know, kind of give like an over encouraging thing. Go out and date. Find the one. They'll be there. <laughs> All right, guys. That is the end of Digital Coffee. Hope you enjoyed it and. As always, subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and more. And as always, if you like this podcast, please consider supporting me by buying a t-shirt or coffee mug. It will help me quite a bit. All right, join me next week when I talk about marketing. I'm going to talk more about, um, well, 
We'll, we'll, we'll see. But uh, the NFL controversy always as well and the backtracking that's happened with it and kind of more along the lines of that. I'm still figuring it out. Um, but yeah, something about that. Anyways, guys, have a good rest of the week and see you next week. Later. <laughs>